Welcome to Fireside Chats with Utah Council for Citizen Diplomacy. My name is Emma Russell and I am the Events and Outreach Director. These Fireside Chats are short conversations with Utah citizen diplomats who are reformulating the American worldview from one of despair to one of hope during a time of multiple crises. We hope that the embers of this conversation will light a fire in you and a spark of excitement for the future ahead. I am so excited to introduce Liz Lamson, a Utah Black Artist Collective founding board member, musician, visual artist, and writer. I am extremely excited to have this conversation with you. We have so much to talk about today. Um, and I would love to begin with just a quick question to you. Can you just explain to us more about the title of this episode, Black in White Spaces? What, what does that mean to you? You know, I, I thought that I would begin um... Well, part, part of how we connected is that I'm a founding board member of the Utah Black Artists Collective. And when we when our organization was first coming together, we had this idea of creating a presentation called Being Black in a White Space. And I've kind of been, so I've been mulling over this topic for a while and I thought it would be um, fitting for a discussion today. Um, but essentially, you know, um, just looking at American history, you have Africans being brought to America, brought to the American colonies, and just kind of like inserted into a white man's world. And at the same time, you had the white colonizers pushing out and eliminating um, the indigenous population. So, you know, they carved out this space and made it a white world, but the, the blacks were allowed to be in the white world, but in a, in a very specific role <laughs> at the time as slaves. Um, but so from the start, you know, you have black people in a white space and, and they were always trying to do what they could to preserve their culture, their music, their art, and not let that die um, while living within this world. <clears throat> and then you, you zoom in from the whole country to the state of Utah. And here, um, you know, you also have a very similar history where um, white and white American and European um, colonizers came mostly through the Mormon church settling here in Utah. And they did bring a few slaves in tow, but um, the black population in Utah has always been very small. And then those who have landed here <clears throat> over time, including myself, you know, are still trying to figure out how we fit in and how, you know, for me as an artist or writer, you know, how does my work, um, how is it received in Utah and, and what, what do I want to communicate as well to this community or contribute to the community that I'm in? <clears throat> um, yeah, so <laughs> I wanted to, to say, you know, I think that this is a really interesting time to be Black in America. Um, I'm, I know that everyone is familiar with the, the events that have happened in 2020. It's, it's just such a wild year with the upcoming election and we have um, dealing with the pandemic still. And then we also had earlier this year, um, the death of George Floyd. And that just, that was the catalyst that started a whole or maybe revived an already existing social justice movement. <clears throat> um, but it's, you know, a lot of attention, 
I found for me, like I've had so many unique opportunities, including talking with you guys today um, with uh, Utah Council for Citizen Diplomacy. Um, but a lot of opportunities have come up for Black people um, because, uh, you know, people are are curious and, and want to know, like, how we're feeling, I guess, as a, as a people, as a community. Um, and then also, you know, I, I, I remember right after um, George Floyd died and people saw the video of him, um, I had an unusual number of friends who I hadn't even talked to in a long time, but people calling me, asking me how I was doing, how, what I thought, and, um, and it became, and I think it has been since a very emotional time um, where people are turning to me for answers or explanations. And I, and I really feel like I'm not qualified in any way besides the fact that I have African-American um, roots. And, uh, but, you know, I decided that when, um, you know, this is still happening on social media and Instagram, people are posting and reposting quotes and ideas and, and, um, and uh, just information that might be helpful um, through their feeds and their stories and such. And I decided early on that as a, as, a cre as a creative person, as a writer and an artist, that I would not um, repost other people's stuff, but I would, I would be creating my own original responses through writing, through art, through music. And, um, there have been a remarkable number of opportunities to do that, to respond um, through art. Um, so that leads to, um, you know, what's been going on in Utah this year um, by way of Black artists in the state. And um, so one of the first um, projects that I was really fortunate to be a part of was um, painting this large Black Lives Matter mural at City Hall. And um, I, it was a really incredible experience. Um, it seems that, um, well, what was interesting is it was an open, an open call for submissions from the mayor. And she um, just they just took in you know anyone could submit art for it and interestingly enough only two of us whose art was um was uh, accepted or chosen are actually african-american um but it was really cool to connect with people from all these different backgrounds from utah who were coming together for this unified cause and really standing behind um the black people of america who are in mourning right now um, so here I have, uh, there's a design that I submitted that was not selected, but this girl with tears streaming down her face. And, and then I have these children reading books and sort of emphasizing the education of, of our Black youth. And then I have a, a woman who's um, just has bright, colorful hair. Um, and um, around the time that this, um, that this mural was um, 
you know, created um, was also around the same time that the the organization Utah Black Artists Collective um, began really taking off. And um, through that, we are we we've been looking for trying to identify and find you know, they're, they're black, the black creatives in Utah. We're trying to create connections between them and not just create a connection between um, black artists in the state, but also between the community of black artists and the larger community of all Utahns. And as I was saying, like we are a minority population here, we are small in numbers. And so it's been really cool as we've kind of put together this directory and, and created this organization's collective of artists to have people actually reaching out from the community to um, interact and talk with and hear from and see works by um, black artists. And um, so that leads me to um, this painting that's behind me actually. So this is a project that was uh, commissioned by um, Smiths, the grocery, like corporate Smiths. Um, and they um, asked me if I could, they commissioned this and asked me if I could paint a, a portrait of Dr. King, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And they were, they filmed me painting it and it, and it became incorporated as part of a music video. And, um, and then the painting itself is going to be given to um, one of the first black store managers for Smiths of, in, within the Smiths Corporation, which is pretty cool. Um, but it's been uh, interesting for me to be kind of selected for jobs or work. Like, I don't want to say simply because I'm Black, but, but that is a factor. You know what I mean? Like, um, <clears throat> for example, um, this was a couple years ago. My sister is a professional photographer and she took um, a series of portrait portraits of me pictures of me and she she has like a stock photo library and she um you know put my image in her stock photo library but what i thought started out as just like a pretty picture of me um became sort of the subject in like a social experiment and it's been really interesting to see where this photo has ended up where people have purchased this photo to use on certain sites or um, to, to use it in certain marketing, um, in, to mar in marketing ploys or whatever. Um, so you have like, here's my image, you know, what I thought was again, just like a pretty picture, like a, a, a piece of art in a way, a portrait. And here it is on, um, it's on Planned Parenthood's website. It's on the Center for Disease Control, the CDC. The, we hear a lot from the CDC these days, but it was on their website during, um, you know, for STD prevention. So on the topic of sexually transmitted diseases. And then um, it also appeared on this uh, website, uh, an organization for women, like a shelter for battered women and abused women. And then also on a, a poster um, about homelessness, um, is your housing uncertain? And then also, this was kind of funny, it ended up on a billboard that a few of my friends just happened to pass by and they took a picture of it. But it's on a billboard um, about drug use and talking to your kids about drugs. 
And so this is a, you know, this is interesting. I mean, there's, there's, you know, we could talk a lot about, you know, what, what this, what does this mean? You know, this is um, essentially um, racial profiling. And so, you know, as a, so then just go back to like being a black artist, being a, a black artist and, and, um, and it's been weird, not weird, but, you know, unusual and, and it, I think in a really refreshing way for people to be turning to the community of black artists and saying, we want to hear from you. Whereas, you know, before it's like, you know, someone could look at me or look at a black person and make immediate and even subconscious um, judgments about, you know, that person and, and what they have to offer the world. Um, and so, you know, it, it was so crazy to see just my image um, have so many negative connotations attached to it. And, and I, I feel like there's no other way to explain it besides, you know, it's just the way that I look. You know, so um, so what's you so you've seen in the in the in the nation and throughout the world, there's been this movement for people to support um, Black-owned businesses, which is really cool. And um, so I think that our organization, the Utah Black Artists Collective, and if you'd like to see our website or connect with us, it's ublac.org. Um, but we're kind of creating a way that, um, you know, people can connect with black artists in, similarly to the way that people are suddenly going out of their way to buy food from, from black owned food carts or take their kids to a black dentist or like to have, have their child go to a school where there are more black people. Like we're, um, you know, trying to create meaningful, um, connections and interactions between groups that have been historically very separate. Um, so let me talk a little bit about, um, I wanted to talk about a little bit about um, one, uh, well, a project, here's a project that, I, that I'm getting involved in right now. So there's a professor at BYU whose name is, uh, Dr. Steve Ricks, and he is a composition professor in the music school. Um, and he contacted me and he was interested in collaborating to create some sort of um, multimedia musical modern piece um, with me. And uh, what we, we started leaning towards this idea of creating like a modern opera um, with me writing the, the text, the libretto, and um, him writing the music. And it's sort of been, you know, it, that, that's just conceptual and who knows what it will end up being in the end. But um, it's, been, it's been really interesting to talk with him and work with him and consider like, well, you know, if we were to present this at BYU, Brigham Young University, um, what are some things we need to consider? You know, um, BYU, as a school is a mostly white school. There are a lot of, there, there is a, a pretty decent, um, you know, representation of, of people from around the world and from other, other backgrounds, but it is a majority white school. Um, and then, so, um, 
you know, I, as I'm writing, like I've been writing some rap and some poetry that will be set to music. And I've wondered, you know, how will this be received? And, and which reminds me of, um, I put, I, I also have this, I have another persona. Her name is Lizzie Luna. And I, and I do, um, I have a music and movement program um, that teaches kids yoga through music and storytelling. And I put out an album a couple of years ago and on that album, there's one, one track that's a rap, uh, it's a rap number. And it has a lot of like jungle drumming and it's, it's called Jungle Warriors. Um, if you're interested, um, my album is Lizzie Luna, Reach to the Sky. And it's on Spotify and iTunes and um, you can find it online anywhere. <laughs> um, but I remember there was a, a little, um, a blonde, a young blonde girl who was telling me how much she loved my album. And she said she loved all of the music except for the rap song. <laughs> and, you know, it just made me think like, oh, okay. Like, 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 and that, that brings me back to, you know, the very colonization of America with people from Africa, bringing their African culture, their music, their art, and it being feeling foreign and uncomfortable to others or to people not from that background. And, um, and that um, leads me to, I, so with this project, um, with this BRU professor, I, I wrote a poem a couple of days ago and I, and I wanted to share just a little bit of it, but um, it's called, um, redlined forever and ever amen and it address and this poem addresses um well let me let me read a little bit to you so it's it poses this question are heaven's gates constructed from ebony or ivory peter standing by to greet sporting blingy chains or the cashmere ugly sweater from last year's christmas party do rivers rush and bubble with pearly milk and honey, or chunky etouffee in which crawfish live forever in the holy trinity of peppers, celery, and onions clear? Are heaven's mansions searchable on Zillow have showing 60 pics, or are they restorations of slave cabins now perused as museums on a plantation where the grass is always green? Do angels toot their trumpets, gleaming brass pointing skyward, or do they beat on bucket drums and upside down fedora at their bare feet filled with loose change for breakfast? Is the throne seated by the man projecting movie reels, reviewing all the sweet and sour moments in your life, or is it she who offers up her breast until you're six years old? Is heaven where I long to be, surrounded by my family, dispersed in layered kingdoms, or will we be together in the mansion that we brave to build with our own bare, brown bare hands? And in this poem, I'm talking about basically, are there, are there two, what is heaven like? Is it, you know, we all have different concepts of what is beautiful, and we all have different feelings about what feels like home, what feels good, a, an environment that feels wonderful, heavenly. And, um, you know, so I, I mentioned in this poem, like, um, are the rivers rushing with milk and honey? Or are they, are they flowing with like chunky etouffee, which is like um, a food very similar to gumbo, um, 
you know, Southern, which is my, my family background is um, Louisiana. Um, so like gumbo, um, seafood, like all that is um, anyway. So it's like, what is the familiar taste that is sweet to you? Is it, is it milk and honey or is it like, you know, Southern cooking? Like, um, and so take that concept into the world of art. Um, the, um, what black artists are creating some, like it may, maybe it feels beautiful to me, or maybe I think it is, but will it be perceived as beautiful and not just beautiful, but meaningful to someone who may not be from the same background? Um, so, um, yeah, I think, yeah, this year has just been, it's been a really good opportunity for black artists to express um, their responses and emotions as you know racism has been such a hot topic and an important topic to address right now um, in our society um, and then let's see here oh and something i i i guess to to conclude my ramblings um i i just wanted to talk about our our motto in um utah black artists collective collective is hashtag black joy. And, um, you know, people might think of art created by black people as naturally darker, you know, like our skin. Um, and sadly, you know, darkness is often associated with evil and sorrow and badness, um, which is why I think black people and the work that they do are often just rejected or cast in the wrong light. Um, but through, you know, at, at UBLAC, we are hoping that we can prove to our greater white society that we are capable, more than capable, of creating beautiful, meaningful, and worthy art um, that is the opposite of negative, that is, that is, you know, art that can be a source of hope and positivity. Um, and that's why our, our, you know, our motto is, is black joy. It's, it's not, um, it's not black sorrow because we hope that the art that create, that we create, while it may come from a place of pain, that it can create a path that leads to joy and healing. I have a lot of questions. That was fabulous. And I love that poem. Okay. What, a, what a great poem that is. Yeah. Um, so this is a random first question. Did you play um, the cello at a uh, gallery stroll in the Glendening a couple of years ago? Where? Like performing at the Glendening on, on South Temple for Utah Division of Arts and Museums. Did you play the cello? Yes. Okay, I, I met you. I remember it was so beautiful. Yeah, I thought I recognized you. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I didn't like fully introduce myself, but um, I'm actually a bass player. Oh, Looks okay. bigger than bigger than a big one. Yes, right. Uh, my back, my one of my primary backgrounds is um, I study or I studied classical bass performance at BYU. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm a member of the Bali West Orchestra, um, and then I, um, yeah, I 
freelance on base and um and then i also do art and i also write so anyway that was my connection with this byu professor because i was in the music school there on base okay yeah that was beautiful i remember that and and i was thinking about i was just looking at your um, website here and the last part of your homepage, the About Us page says, um, we offer unique mentorship program supporting individual up and coming young artists. And that really piqued my interest because I literally was just working this morning on a uh, proposal to try to get some funding for our organization. And I don't know if it's gonna go through or not though, to uh, uh, work on a professional pipeline, pipeline for BIPOC youth um, for connecting them from universities, high schools that have like valid um, verified internship programs with cultural organizations to try to um, introduce them to see, as well as with our sister agency, Multicultural Affairs at the state, to see the opportunities and then to provide mentorships for those youth in different ways. So I'm interested to hear more about what you, how that works for you all. Yeah. So we are such a young organization. We're, we're, we're still, um, getting you know we're still figuring a lot of stuff out um i did want to throw out our email address real quick it's utah black art collective at gmail.com so um please connect with us especially uh, you, you know about this um about the possibility of connecting um young people and or the mentorship program so um yeah utah black art collective no S on the arts, just art collective at gmail.com. Um, yeah, our goal, you know, is to connect, just create connections, um, whether that's between um, youth and other youth or between youth from any background with, um, with professional African-American um, artists or creatives in whatever, you know, profession that they're interested in. Um, so it's, you know, we don't have like anything that's been like officially launched yet, but we are definitely open to connecting people. So, um, definitely send us an email if there's, if there's a person or a, or a profession or, you know, something that you'd specifically like to, um, make a connection with and we can, we will, you know, We'll, we'll connect you. <laughs> Great to know. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. With your background of having lived in a lot of these white majority states, how do you, how can we be better advocates for and allies for Black artists in our own communities? What, how, how would you recommend that we engage? How can we better give you guys platforms to succeed? Because there is this bias within society, um, and you're you're within our own communities how do we find you guys how do we raise you guys how do we give you better platforms how can we be a better ally that's a really good question and i think it kind of um that just uh you know i think points to the question of how do we address racism within ourselves because it always starts with the individuals and um you know, and then you can step outward and look at organizations and um, and societies and cultures, but but you always have to go back to the individual. And um, something that I've found myself saying a lot um, this year has been, um, you know, rather like when you when you come across a difference, someone who isn't like you, um, you know, rather than 
rather than fearing differences, um, can we embrace them? Um, so I, I, I've, I, I guess I've felt in my life as I, as I meet new people and as I, you know, I'm always meeting new people, but I, I can, I can kind of sense when someone seems a little bit uncomfortable and I can't always place it, but, um, you know, I always wonder like, you know, is, is race or culture, is that, um, something that might make, make, another person uncomfortable and and what we don't want is for there to be barriers created because of that because of differences and especially right now in our nation there's so much um divisiveness there there's there's so much arguing there are people settling into different camps and um and separating when you know the goal should be unification and um and creating and linking people together in meaningful ways. Um, so, you know, I would, I would just think like, always ask the question, like, is, am I, you know, am I being inclusive or am I being exclusive? Um, are it, in whatever, you know, whatever it is, is there equal representation or equitable representation? Um, are, people from all backgrounds getting um, opportunity, these, you know, opportunities, um, you know, you can, yeah, you can just really zone into all the elements from funding to um, the percentages of people of different backgrounds you have represented. But um, in the end though, I think that, you know, I, I, I encourage everyone to step out of your comfort zone and get to know people who aren't like you. And, um, and if you feel any fear, address it within yourself and, um, and do what you need to do to overcome it and, and find yourself rather in a place of love. This is Felicia. I was also going to jump in and say, um, with Utah Council for Citizen Diplomacy, we have an opportunity to send um, either youth as youth ambassadors to the World Fair in Dubai in 2021, or we're also looking for cultural performers. And cultural performers really runs the gamut from uh, humanities to STEM and technology. Um, and so I think being in contact with you so that we can figure out how to reach out into the broader community to share these opportunities, I think could be really exciting. Um, so I think uh, not necessarily a question, um, but more of a comment is thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your experience and your knowledge with us so that we can um, really understand what our role as a nonprofit here in Utah, as we relate to opportunities throughout the world, um, how do we better connect the pieces together? Because uh, I feel like we can always improve in that area. Thank you. Well, thanks. That, I mean, that's what diplomacy is all about, right? Like creating healthy, positive connections between people who, people who are different. Thanks for letting me be a part of this. Um, appreciate your perspective, Liz, and, and your poem. Um, as a school, a public school administrator, um, one of the reasons that this opportunity caught my interest was 
that uh, one of the widest spaces that we have in, in the United States are our schools. Um, and so I guess I'm interested in your experience in schools uh, throughout your school career. And, and then perhaps if you could give educators um, some advice, similar, I, I guess, to what you just gave, but maybe advice as to how to make those spaces, the spaces uh, where they need to learn, um, welcoming and uh, favorable for uh, African Americans and students of every color. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Kenneth. Um, yeah, my experience in schools. Um, I mean, I so I grew up in Colorado Springs. My dad was in the army and uh, retired in Colorado Springs, where. We, so I grew up in a, a majority white um, neighborhood, community, <laughs> city. <laughs> and um, I think, you know, a, a topic that, is, uh, that came to mind as, as you're um, asking me this question was that of like tokenism. You know, um, I think so often I've in my life being, um, in majority white communities, it's it's easy to feel like you're the the token black friend or the token black representative, or um, you know even now you know as people I, people have been asking me to participate or 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 offering me certain gigs or something. I ask myself like, is it are they you know are they asking it just because of what I look like, so that because I fit. Um, fit the bill or something or is it um because i have something to like strong to offer or a combination of both and i and i think that it is you know kind of a combination of both but um yeah in the educational setting uh i mean so we talked about um or i read my poem called um redlining redline forever and ever on man and that redlining um, or the concept of separating black and white people residentially that lingers on in our school systems. Um, I lived in Kansas City, Missouri for a couple of years and I, and that's where my uh, oldest son he's that's when he started kindergarten and um, that's so that's when I was first introduced to the very complicated school system in Kansas City, um, I have never lived anywhere where it's so segregated. And, um, and you know, the, the wealthier white families pull their kids into private and charter schools and then leave the public schools to the, um, the, the black people who don't have the money to send their kids to the private schools. And you end up with extremely segregated, an extremely segregated school system. Um, where the funding is all messed up. And um, anyway, I had an opportunity there to teach, um, actually to share my music, my yoga music and movement um, program at a predominantly black school called the, um, uh, what was that school called? It was, it was a school focused on fine arts um, and they, you know, we're making this big effort to, to, um, to introduce the black children in the community to, um, to arts and music that were typically 
only accessible to the white population. Um, anyway, so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a professor or like a teacher, I guess, in the, in the, in the standard sense, but I am like a, I mean, I do teach music and I do teach yoga and I do teach writing to, to um, young people. And I think, you know, within our education systems, we really just need to make sure that all children are, are able to access the same good opportunities, you know, um, it's such a complicated system. <laughs> Thanking you so much, Liz, for joining us today. Um, it's, it was such a pleasure talking to you. Um, I also want to thank all of the participants who joined us today. Our next fireside chat will feature Nathaniel Coleman, who is a professional climber and the first male to qualify for the US Olympic climbing team. And he'll be speaking to us about how we can all care for the wild places that we call home around Utah and around the world. So thank you so much, Liz, for this conversation. And I'm so excited for many of us to continue our connections with you. Yeah, wonderful. Thank Have you. a wonderful day, everyone. These fireside chats are brought to you by Utah Council for Citizen Diplomacy. Special thanks to Liz Lampson, our guest speaker for today. Westminster College as our continuous partner, Felicia Maxfield-Barrett, our executive director, and I'm Emma Russell. I'll see you on the next edition of Fireside Chats.